بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فحياكم الله إخوان وجزاكم الله خيرا ما الله تعالى وجوه your patience uh, in waiting for the beginning of this dars and uh, alhamdulillah Allah ta'ala has facilitated that we meet again and are able to sit with one another again bi'nillahi ta'ala as we seek to benefit one another in relation to the umur al-deen and talab al-ilm seeking knowledge of this sharia and specifically here in relation to this text of Arba'in al-Nawiyah, the 40 hadith of Hafid al-Nawi rahimahullah and alhamdulillah in the previous lesson we concluded um, the explanation and some of the commentary around the first hadith the hadith in the ma'amal al-Niyat and indeed the actions are by their intentions and so Alhamdulillah, we will in this sitting go on to our second lesson and have a discussion in relation to the commentary and the speech of some Ahlul Ilm in relation to the second hadith. Naam, second hadith. Before that, in uh, previous lessons, as I mentioned to the Ikhwa, there was uh, some homework that I set for the brothers. And um, the intent, inshallah, was for today, that when I came today and sat with you in person today, that we'd go through that, inshallah. Naam. And so the first thing that was asked was the title of Sahih Bukhari. Because as we understand, Imam Bukhari, rahimahullah, did not title the book himself Sahih Bukhari. This is something which is, it's become known as over the years. Um, this is that the, the book has become known by this title over the years. However, this was not the title that, was, that it was given initially um, by the Musannif, by the author himself. And so, what is the title that we know the book by? جامع المسند الصحيح المختصر من أمور رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وسنته وأيامه نعم جميل so this is the title and it's the, the title of uh, Sahih Bukhari is comprehensive of a few specific words نعم few specific words so we have the first which is الجامع and what is the Meaning, if we said a hadith is a hadithun jami' Jami'un Hadithun jami' Or the book, sorry, the book is a, is a, a book of hadith jami' You want to know? No. Compilation, naam Anything more, anything else? Comprehensive of what? So, naam, 
comprehensive, comprehensive offense. But then, say for example, we have a hadith which is jamit but not sahih, which is possible. A book of hadith jamit but not sahih. What would you say then? A compilation of a hadith. Now, generally, you're, the answer is here, and you're kind of around the answer. Now, the answer is here somewhere in the middle, and you're kind of dancing around the answer. But um, a jamit hadith, a book of uh, which is jamit hadith, is um, a book which covers a variety of different subjects of hadith. And so the hadith that I found within this book cover a variety of different specific subjects. And so they are not specified to a particular type. Now, a particular, a particular topic, مثلاً. So, for example, what we discussed previously, when we were talking about the Qutb al-Sitta, and we said, uh, for example, Abu Dawood, Abu Dawood compiled a book, which was referred to as, what, Ikhwa? Anyone remember? Yani Sunan. Yani Sunan, Abu Dawood. And so, the books which are of, which are of Sunan are different to the Jami. The Sunan, are the books of hadith where the hadith are compiled in relation to the um, the abwab of fiqh or ahkam any chapters in relation to ahkam any rulings and fiqh as for jami naam then this is a, a variety of different topics that the hadith the hadith that are found within it cover tayyib thereafter we have um, um, an musnad Naam, Musnad. Musnad referring to what? What is meant here by Musnad? The chain of narration. The chain? The chain of narration. It's not. Naam. But what, why, why, is it, why, why is this included within its title? Why? Li Mada. Ordered by? Naam. The order. Is you have, do you have a degree of that? At the order of narrators. But generally, the reason why is because of the Tisala Isnad, the Hadith, all of the Asanid are connected from. The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu all the way to the Prophet, sallallahu all the way to Imam Bukhari. Rather. So Imam Bukhari, he's compiled the ahadith, and the chain is connected all the way to the Nabi, alayhi salatu wassalam. each of the ahadith. Tayyib, as-sahih. Authentic. Naam, that the hadith is authentic, or a hadith is authentic, and uh, we state the reason why Bukhari says has this in his title, obviously, because this is the indication that he, rahimahullah, intended to gather only authentic narrations. Naam, this was his intent. Tayyib, after that, so we have the Jamit, Muslim Sahih, after that. Mukhtasar, 
I summarize. Why? What's the, where's the summary? Why? How is it summarized? So he specified these specific hadith. No. So he had a large, large amount of hadith, and then he specified these ones to narrate. Now, then we mentioned the Umur, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah wa ayyani. Now, and this is in reference to what? That the affairs of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his sunan and his days, or the days of his, his actions. What does this refer, uh, refer to? What does this specifically refer to? Uh, in the title. Uh, yeah, and it all referring to his sunnah. Everything referring to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, his actions, that, that which he was upon. So this is the, the, the first part of the homework. Uh, the second was a recap of uh, As-Sahih, the conditions of a Hadith Sahih. And what did we mention? Recap of Hadith on Sahih. What are the conditions for Hadith Sahih? First of all, how many are there? How many conditions are there? Five. Tayyip. The first. What's connected? The chain, no. The chain of narration is connected all the way from the one that compiled it to the one that, that made the same. No. In this case of a hadith, a nabawi, no doubt, it's the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jayid, after that? Adala, referring to? No, the person being, the, the narrator, being upright, it is deen. Thereafter? Dopt. Which is? Precision. Precision referring to what? Hift and? Kitab. So not all, it may not always be from what they've memorized. It may be also what they've written. Jayat, after that? Ah, so there's no, there's no defects. Nah, no hidden defects. Tayyip. A question, I don't think we, we went through this uh, last time we sat. Question, when we say, why is it mentioned no hidden defects? Why did they not say no defects? Why say no, why did they say no hidden defects? Why did Ahlul Muhaddithin mention no hidden defects? Anyone have an answer for me? Hidden defects. Yeah, an apparent defect would be in, in one of the other shuroots. An apparent defect would be in, in the other. Yeah, no, the hidden defects hidden defects. Is because no doubt when they say hidden defect they mean all defects. 
But the reason why they specify hidden defects because this is something that is that this requires bath, requires a degree of research. An apparent defect is apparent. Naam. So it goes without saying. So it's not something that is even there's a need to be mentioned. For example, the 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 the, the last condition, which is what? Which means what? Contradiction between? That is stronger, more authentic than it. Naam. So the reason why they mention this is another example. They say that it, it must it mustn't uh, contradict a narration that is stronger than it. Why? Because it goes without saying that it cannot contradict a narration if they both if both narrations are regarded as being sahih in this regard, or both narrations have trustworthy narrators, then it goes without saying that if they don't have trustworthy narrators, then they're going, this is not going to be accepted. Naam. So this is why it is stated, a, narr a, a, a narration that is more authentic than it. This is why they state this. Naam. And not that the other narration cannot be weak. Because this goes without saying. Naam. This is something which is not, not in need to be mentioned in relation to these, these conditions. Does that make sense? Tell you. So those are the five conditions. Jameen. So that was the, the, the homework that I asked for the Ikhwan. Um, and Naam, so the hadith that we have today is the hadith of Umar ibn Khattab. Likewise, Rajlahu Anhu, where he mentions, Bainana, Nahnu Jalusa in the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that a young, Ida Tala Alayna, Rajlan, she did the Bayada Thiyab, she did the Sawada Shar. لا يرى عليه أفر السفر ولا يعرف منا أحد حتى جلس على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضأ خفيه على فخذيه فقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام قال الإسلام أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وَتَصُومُ الرَّمَضَانِ وَتَحُجُّ الْبَيْدِ وَنَسْتَطَعِ إِلَيْهِ السَّبِيلًا قال صدقت فعجبنا يسأله يا يسأله ويصدقه قال فأخبرني أن الإيمان قال الإيمان أن تؤمنوا بالله تؤمنوا بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بقدره خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فاخبرني أن إحسان قال إحسان أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال أخبرني عن الساعة فقال ما مسؤول عنها بأعمل مسائل فأخبرني عن أماراتها فقال أن تلد العمل ربتها وترى أراح وفاء الشاء يتتولون في البنيان نعم فلبثنا ماليا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أتدري من السائل قلت الله رسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبيل أتاكم لعلكم لعلمكم دينكم
And this is the narration which is recorded by a Muslim. And so, this is the narration where Umar ibn Khattab anhu, he narrates that we were sitting, whilst we were sitting with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a man came upon us. The head, the brilliant white thobe, and dark black hair. And he sat by the Messenger of Allah with his knees connected to his knees, with his knees facing his knees, and his hands upon his fights. And he states, O Muhammad, inform me of Islam. Inform me about the affair of Islam. And so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentions that Islam is to bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship besides Allah. And that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. And to establish the prayer and give the zakah, the fast of Ramadan, and to perform the hajj, whoever is able to do so. And the man mentions sadaqt, and he has spoken the truth. And so we found this to be a strange affair that the man asking, that the man asking, has regarded as being correct and truthful. And then he said, inform me about Iman. And then he mentions Iman is to worship or to believe in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, the final day, and the qadr, the good of it, and the bad. And he said, you have spoken the truth. Thereafter he mentions, inform me about Ihsan. And the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he states, the Ihsan is to worship Allah as if you see him. Indeed, you don't see him, but he sees you. And he states, inform me about the hour. And he said, the one that is being asked, does not have any more knowledge than the one who's asking. And so he states, inform me about its signs. And then he mentions, so Wasallam, that the slave woman who give birth to her master and the barefooted shepherds will begin to compete in, with one another in the building of two buildings. Thereafter, the man left. And then there were time, a time passed. And the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked, Do you know who's the one that was asking? And I stated, Allah and his Messenger know best. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, states, that indeed it was Jibreel, he came to you to teach you the affair of your religion. Naam, as stated, this is a hadith recorded by Imam Muslim.
The first thing in relation to this hadith, I, the commentary and explanation of this hadith, is the directive of the status of the hadith itself. The status of the hadith itself. And that some of Ahlul Ilm, from them, Ibn Taqiq al Eid, mentioned that this hadith is referred to as Umm Sunnah. Just as Surah Al Fatiha is referred to as Umm Al Quran. So they refer to this as the Umm Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah. This narration. Just as you find that Fatiha is referred to as Umm Al Quran from its names of, of the names of Fatiha. And the reason why it has this name, Umm Al Sunnah, is due to that which is found within it from the ulum al-sharia from the affairs of the sharia and the deen that within it the one that studies this hadith the individual that ponders upon the meanings found within this hadith they will come to an understanding of what is required from them as muslims by way of their actions and by way of their beliefs. They will come to an understanding of what is required from them and what their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala requires from them by way of their actions and their beliefs. And the ahkam al deen. And so no doubt this hadith is one that carries a lofty status. And through this we understand as well, as mentioned previously, that no we have the no he included this hadith amongst the other forty because the intent was to gather the ahadith that the Muslim can take and these and these are from the Juwama Kalam on the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, and they are able by way of that to practice their deen have the correct aqidah and adhere to the correct adab al-islamiyyah and adhere to the correct islamic mannerisms you know that you find this within this narration and this hadith is comprehensive it's comprehensive speech from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so thus we say that this is na'am, no doubt from his Jawama Kenny, in the comprehensive speech of him, alayhi salatu wasalam. Thereafter, the second point, so that's the first point. The second point is in relation to the speech of the Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam, or the speech of Umar, radiallahu anhu, rather. Where he mentions that a man came and he had the, the, the brilliant white fold, complete white fold, and the black hair, or they describe it, jet black hair. And this was a description that was significant due to the fact that a, such a description, Naam, was an indication 
that he was someone that was coming from close by. Someone was coming from close by. Because he goes on to say as well thereafter, La alayhi the effects of travelling was not seen upon him. But none of us knew him. So this was something which was strange. And no doubt this is something which is a person will take notice of as well. It's noteworthy. For example, yourselves here in Manchester. If you've been attending the message for a while now, you come to become, become acquainted with who's who. You know who the brothers are. You know you see the brothers in the Durus. You see the brothers at Salawat. And so then if you see someone that isn't from the regulars, the regular faces, then it's something which is noteworthy. You're going to take notice. You see the same faces every day or every week. And thereafter you see someone that, that looks slightly different or someone that is different. However, along with this, he did not have any effect or any sign of traveling. So it seemed like he wasn't a traveler, but we none of us know him. So no doubt this is, this in of itself is noteworthy. And this is an indication as well that, of course, this individual was someone that was not known, Naam was not known to them. However, people take notice and this was an indication that, this, this is, uh, that there's, there's something more to this, to this, this liqa, this discovery. Thereafter, this is the third point. Thereafter, we have a discussion around, as some of the mentioned, a discussion around the julus, the actual sitting of Jibril, the actual sitting of Jibril, salam, and the sitting of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sheikh Rabia mentions this also that from this narration, a person is able to take an understanding of a piece of adab from the adab of Talib al of the Talib al an understanding from the adab, the mannerisms of the student of knowledge. That the individual, he sits, or he was sitting in a way where he's mustaid, yani, he was prepared for this affair of seeking knowledge and gaining knowledge. In this case, gaining knowledge from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is something that Shaykh and Shaykh Abdullah al-Bukhari, Hafidahullah, he mentioned on many occasions, the importance of the adab of the Talib al-ilm, the importance of the mannerisms that the Talib al-ilm must have and adorn himself with. And he mentions, 
He mentions again many a time. سبب حرمان حصول على ذلك العلم يعني سيء العدب وعدم الآداب. He mentions that it's possible that the person is prevented from attaining that knowledge by way of bad mannerisms or the lack of mannerisms. And the affair of adab is one which is always an affair which should be taken seriously. And uh, when you give the similitude, for example, a person, he's going to an interview, a job interview, for example. He's going to carry himself in a particular way because he wants the job. He wants the job, he wants the the wage, he wants whatever the job offers in compensation. So he's going to dress in the best clothes that he can, he can find. And he's going to speak in the best manner. He's going to sit in front of the interview, interviewer in the best manner. And this is because he wants to give the best impression. And this is because he wants to <coughs> come across as someone that is serious about the, 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 um, the job, the potential job. And so that's the case of someone seeking employment or other than that. So then when you make the makaran out of all the comparison of the talib, going to the gathering and attaining something that may benefit him and he may be a means of him carrying it with him to the akhirah by way of righteous actions then no doubt this is awla this, this, is, this takes precedence a person goes to a gathering and in, in this gathering he is going to hear the ayat of Allah or within this gathering He's going to come across the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu No doubt with these affairs which carry sharaf. These affairs that carry honor and raise the individual. Of course the person should carry himself in the best manner. If a person is going to carry himself in the best manner for this, then he must carry himself in the best manner for that. And so... This is why you find in many of the books of hadith, before any discussion about hadith, I have books of Mustalah hadith, before any discussion of hadith, and this is Sahih or Hassan, Da'if or whatever, they discuss the affair of the adab of the talib. Or you have books written specifically. Discussing the affairs of the uh, the, yani the manager of the talib. And so now going back to this narration, you see that the mannerisms in which Jibril 
السلام, attended this gathering is a clear indication that this affair of mannerisms is one of great importance for anyone seeking knowledge and seeking to hear from the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Now, thereafter, we have the next point where Jibreel asks, inform me about inform me about Islam. So he asks the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about Islam. And the Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam, he responds by mentioning that is, he responds by discussing Islam and mentioning any da'amal of the jawarih. So in the message of Allah sallallahu when discussing Islam, he mentions the actions of the limbs. Yani that when, he, when he gives the definition of Islam, he gives the action of the limbs. Or in the case of the shahada, the, the affair of the tongue, that which is uttered upon the tongue. And so this is an, an indication, no doubt, that from our Islam, actions are <coughs> a necessity. Actions are a necessity. That in order for a person to fulfill the affair of Islam, فَعَلَيْهِ بِإِتِيَانَ الْأَعْمَالِ in order for a person to fulfill his Islam, he must come and perform actions. Perform his actions. And in the same narration, as we mentioned, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, was asked about Islam, was asked about Iman. He was asked about Islam, and likewise he was asked about Iman. And Ahlul Im, they mention that Islam and Iman إِذَا اجْتَمَعَ افْتَرَقَ وَافْتَرَقَ اجْتَمَعَ Naam, Ahlul Im mentioned this from them. Uh, for example, Sheikh uh, Muhammad Amman Jami mentions this in some detail, discusses this affair in some detail in his explanation of Falafatul Usul. Rahimahullah. And within this, this principle is if Islam and Iman are mentioned together, then they iftaraqa, they become separate when it comes to their definition. However, if they are mentioned separately, then if they are mentioned separately, they are one and the same. They're not exclusive to one, to one another. So if they are mentioned together, Islam and Iman, then they will they will have separate definitions. However, if they are mentioned separately, then they will have the same definition. So then here, in this narration to narration, this narration, are they mentioned together or they are mentioned separately? Together or separately? They will have اختلاف يعني بين ال. شيوخنا 
they are mentioned separately. So the brother saying separately, are saying a bit louder. They feel more, they feel more confident about separately. Are they saying it together? Or is it mentioned separately or together? So they're separate. Yeah. You're saying together. That's, 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 that's what it is. So because it's the same narration, it's the same jalsa. Naam, so it was one sitting where the message of Allah was sallam, he was asked about Islam, he was asked about uh, Iman, and he was asked about Ihsan. Naam, so it was one sitting. That's hence why it's one narration. Naam, and so they are mentioned, this is why, because it's in one sitting, you say it's one, or they are mentioned together. Naam, Hence why you find, inshallah, when we come to discuss the discussion of uh, Iman, you will see the clear difference between the two. So here the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when asked about Islam, he gives the definition of Islam in relation to the A'mal. Naam, so the, the Shahada, stating upon the tongue. The Salah, or the A'mal, the Jawarah, you know, Salah. Rukur, sujood, all a'mal. Na'am, zakah, sawm, hajj. All of these are a'mal, all these are actions. And so, na'am, due to that, you find that they, they are separate. And so, when Islam is mentioned, Islam within the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, can be mentioned by way of actions, or tarqul a'mal as well, leaving off actions. So we have the narration, Mephilim, where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned al Muslim, man salam al Muslimun, milisani wa yadi. I, the Muslim, is the one who the Muslims are protected or free. Protected or free from his hand or his tongue. So within this this narration, and we understand from this narration the affair of the a'mal, the affair of the actions. I had protection, being, a, being the one that put that brings about protection. Likewise, from the same narration, we understand the aqs as well. We understand the opposite. That we understand from that, that they leave off harming with their hand or their tongue. And this is Islam likewise as well. Does that make sense, Ikhwan? So Islam could be defined by way of a particular, doing a particular action. It could also be defined by way of leaving off a particular action. Likewise, you have a narration where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about Islam. He saw Islam was asked about Islam. And mentioning, in addition, this is a narration found in uh, Ibn Hibban, recorded by Ibn Hibban. In addition to the mention of the Arkan of Islam, which are Ma'aruf, which we know, 
I have a mission here. He mentioned, sallam, the affair of the Umrah, Itimar, Wa'tamar, with min al-Janaba. So he mentions, in, in, when asked about Islam, I perform an Umrah, and likewise, bathing and, and purifying yourself from the, uh, from the state of Janaba. Likewise, again, these are all a'mal, these are all actions. And so the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he discusses this affair of Islam in this hadith by way of yani, the a'mal, the actions, and specific actions of the ibad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. In relation to the specific speech, that is found in this narration, i.e. The, the speech around the actual arkan. Naam, so the, the arkan of Islam being the shahada, the shahadatain, and the salah, the zakah, the fasting and the hajj. Then our discussion with around that in the Allah Ta'ala will be in relation, in, in more detail, يعني, will be in relation to the next hadith. Now, so we'll discuss that in more detail in the next hadith, the hadith of Ibn Umar, where he discusses the, uh, or he, he uh, mentions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, states that Islam is built upon five khabs, in the five affairs. And so, we'll conclude here with, uh, with that last point. And inshallah ta'ala, in our next lesson, we will do, we'll go on to discuss the, uh, the affair of Iman and how it's mentioned different, or how it differs from the mentioning of Islam in this narration, as well as the affair of Ihsan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Fajazakumullahu khaira wa barakallahu fikum. Wa sallallahu wa barak. Ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.